Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Think you know diamonds? Probably not as much as you think. Our engagement ring, the gift from a partner, or the jewelry we buy to celebrate a win sparks a lot of joy. But did you know that Stone is connected to 10 million people around the world? From Canada to Africa to Australia, the natural diamond industry provides healthcare and more to remote communities. Each natural diamond promises a more sparkling future for generations to come. Discover so many more natural diamond truths at naturaldiamonds.com slash thank you. Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is a mini episode from M's Books and Cats podcast, where I am sharing my book, Super Jim, a chapter or sometimes two a week. And this week is chapter 20. As always, Super Jim includes mature content and may be triggering to some listeners, so please listen with caution. Otherwise, please enjoy chapter 20 of Super Jim. Loud knocking woke her. The room was blood-spattered and charred, but Trent's body was missing. Maggie stood up stiffly. Her body protested every movement. Her hips and back ached. Her skin was marred with blisters and burns. Trent's taser had left its mark. Where is he, anyway? There was no time to wonder. The door swung open. Pigtails was back, and she looked surlier than usual. She stalked to the table and lowered her massive rear into the chair. She took no notice of the carnage around her. She silently consulted her notes and removed a large pill bottle from her pocket. She removed the cap and tapped two massive black pills into her meaty palm. She held them out to Maggie without looking at her. There was something hidden under her blank expression. She's afraid. Maggie took the pills and choked them down. She was too tired to fight. Pigtails looked at her long enough to make sure the pills were gone. She leaned back in the chair. The metal creaked under her weight. She spread her hands over the tabletop and sighed. The sound startled Maggie. She took a closer look at the woman's chubby face. She looked even older than before, and the pigtails just added to her age. Her desperate attempt at youth highlighted the crow's feet around her eyes and the loose skin at her neck. Her eyes were sad. The anger she wore like armor was gone. She looked defeated. She still wouldn't look at Maggie. She tapped her fingers on the tabletop and sighed again. Thank you. Maggie was at a loss for words. Gratitude was the last thing she would have expected from this troll of a woman. A super gym servant. A blind follower of Benjamin Pratt. The woman took a deep breath and continued. I moved the body. Don't look at me like that. I had help. Obviously, I am in no shape to move that massive man on my own. That's not the point. He's hidden, and that will buy you a little time. Not much. Mr. Pratt will be waiting for a report. He'll want proof that you are no longer a threat. I can wait for half an hour. Maybe a little longer. Those pills you took are power pills. The ones the trainers take. They'll give you strength. For a while. You have to get out of here. She leaned on the table and stood. The metal protested loudly. 
Why are you helping me? Pigtails looked at her. Her bloodshot eyes were damp. Tears filled the creases on her cheeks. I'm going to fat camp. They're coming for me tonight. I spent years working for that man. I've always been a loyal servant to the super gym. I never once questioned my orders. She sighed. But I'm not the ideal. Never will be. I saw the papers on his desk. Transfer to fat camp. That bastard. She choked on a sob and covered her face with her hands. Maggie reached out tentatively to touch her, but she pulled back. Comfort did not come easy to her, and she found she was secretly disgusted by this woman's display of weakness. You're as bad as the rest of them. No. Maggie refused to believe that was true. She wrapped the woman in her arms and held her while she cried. Pigtails pushed her away. She swiped violently at her eyes. No time for that nonsense. I've accepted my fate. You still have a chance. Escape. Get out of Famicili and find help. I don't know what is on the other side of the wall, but it has to be better than this. You know about the wall? Pigtails nodded. I've seen it. Once. Before Trent and his goons caught me. I suffered for that little journey. That's when I decided to stick close to Mr. Pratt and serve him. Not my best moment. She gave Maggie a little push toward the door. Go. Get out and save yourself. This may be your only chance. Why not come with me? Pigtail shook her head. A stray tear slipped down her wrinkled cheek. I'd just slow you down. This is your chance. Take it. Live a good, full life. Eat food. Relax. Laugh. She sighed again. I remember when those things came naturally. Go on. I can't put it off much longer. You're wasting precious time. Maggie hugged the woman again. Thank you. She waved her hand at Maggie. Go. Maggie slipped through the door and made her way down the hall. In the stairwell, she found the bodies of some of the goons that Trent had killed. The bodies had been dead for a while and were beginning to rot. The smell was staggering. She felt her stomach twist into knots, but she refused to throw up the power pills. She needed the strength. She edged past them and made her way down to the first floor. The streets were nearly empty. An occasional client passed, but they kept their eyes on the ground and hurried past. Clients knew better than to speak to each other, especially out in the open. Conversing with another client was an instant red flag. Surveillance was part of the program, and socializing was considered an act of rebellion. Mr. Pratt's goons were dispatched to tail any rebels and to take care of suspicious behavior. Most of the rebels went straight to fat camp. Some were not so lucky. Maggie moved quickly and kept to the shadows. It was a dull, overcast day. She pulled her hood down over her face. There were cameras on every corner near the center of the city, and a few scattered throughout the residential areas. There had been a time when Maggie knew the location of every one of them, but she wasn't taking any chances. Mr. Pratt had most likely installed more. She had no trouble finding her way back. Every road in Famicili eventually joined up with a single road that led out of the city. It was harder to hide as the number of buildings dwindled. She kept to the long grass that lined the road until she reached the safety of the trees. 
Her heart grew a little lighter with each rolling hill she climbed. Maggie passed the turn to Thor's house and was struck with an inexplicable pang of guilt. Why? He would have killed you if you hadn't killed him first. It was hard to believe she'd done it. It bothered her that she couldn't remember. Maybe Trent was lying. For all she knew, maybe Thor was still alive. What about Kylie? She's the next one to beat. Kylie was a major downgrade from the best of the best, but she wasn't a threat. Maggie had survived Thor and Trent and Mr. Pratt. Kylie would not be a problem. Maggie ran faster. The power pills were kicking in and she felt like she could run forever. She didn't have time to worry about her past trainers now. The wall wasn't very far away. She made her way carefully down a steep slope and found the final corner. The wall rose up menacingly before her. It was bigger than she remembered. The dark metal monstrosity dwarfed even the tallest trees. She ducked into the tall grass. Hidden from the guard towers, Maggie could examine the wall. The metal was old and streaked with rust. Loops of razor wire decorated the top. The ground along the bottom was lined with tall metal spikes. Between the spikes, thick piles of broken glass glittered in the dim light. She could only see one entrance, but there had to be another door somewhere. The wall was surrounded by thick, dark forest on either side. Maggie crept as close as she could. She rose stealthily from the grass and sprinted for the trees. She ducked behind a scrawny pine and leaned against its sticky bark. Her heart was hammering in her chest. Her breath came in short gasps. Don't panic. Pause. Too late. Maggie could feel the fingers of panic tightening around her throat. Her heart rate was high and out of control. There was a sharp pain under her sternum, and all of her thoughts crashed down on her at once. Until now, her only objective had been getting to the wall. She hadn't worried about getting to the other side. Pigtails would have made her report by now. Mr. Pratt would know she was gone. He would know Trent was dead. The goons would be out looking for her, and unless Pigtails had led them astray, they were coming to the wall. She had to find a better place to hide. An alarm sounded. It echoed off the wall and filled the air with a cacophony of sound. It was too late. She'd been seen. They were coming for her. She couldn't breathe. Her chest was too tight. Air entered her lungs in short, shallow gasps. This was the end. She was going to die. Pull yourself together. Get out of there. Go to Thor's house. Yes. She dreaded the idea of returning, but there was no other option. No one would look for her there. Her terrifying trip through Thor's secret rooms was still fresh in her mind. She ran blindly through the woods. Her footsteps crashed through the fallen limbs and brush. She stopped for a moment to listen. The alarm had stopped. She thought she heard the sound of dogs following her, but that was impossible. There hadn't been any large animals in Famicili for years. Starving clients had quickly killed them off during the early years of Mr. Pratt's program. Junkies were illegal. Animals were not. You need to be quieter. Move with stealth. Maggie leaned against a tree and waited for her heart rate to slow. It took a while. She took several deep, shuddering breaths. Finally, she looked around. She didn't know where she was. There was nothing but trees in every direction. She was lost. She could feel the panic threatening to surface, but she forced herself to be calm. 
She stood perfectly still and listened again. Nothing. The woods were quiet. The alarms were no longer blaring, and there was no phantom dogs pursuing her. She took another deep breath and started walking. As long as she stayed in the forest, she would be relatively safe. As safe as you can be, anyway. She walked for a long time. The power pills were making her stomach queasy, and their effects were wearing off. The ground was sloping downward now. Maggie knew that she would need to move up the hill to reach Thor's house, but now that she was not being actively pursued, she didn't really want to go back there. Who knew what she would find chained up in the basement this time? Maggie continued downward. The light between the trees grew dim. Soon she spied a dark shape looming before her. The wall. She ducked quickly behind a tree, but there was no need. There were no guard towers. Maggie tentatively approached the wall and touched the cold steel. A shock sent her flying back and she slammed into a tree. The air left her body in a rush, and she lay crumpled and dazed on the soft pine needle carpet. Okay, the wall is electrified. Interesting discovery. One more obstacle on the way to freedom. Maggie lay on the ground and stared up at her silent foe. She was tired. It came upon her all at once. She was utterly exhausted. She didn't want to run. She didn't want to fight. The wall was impenetrable. It was over. She gave up. She would remain there until someone found her or she died. It wouldn't take long. She was already starving. Even if they found her first, how bad could it be? Death? Fat camp? It didn't matter. Nothing mattered. She was just so tired. Get up. No. Get up and try again. There has to be a way. You just need to think. Maggie grudgingly sat up. Other Maggie was relentless, and she knew she would have no peace until she got up and started moving. She yawned, stretched, and shook her arms and legs to wake up. She could see her tracks. Broken twigs and bent branches clearly indicated where she had been. She turned in the opposite direction and began following the wall. Maggie kept close to the trees while she took in the wall's enormity. The spikes and razor wire were consistent. The wall was uniform. She saw no other door. She walked for hours, but there was no change. Spikes, razor wire, no door. Hello? Is someone there? Hello? Help me! Maggie froze. The voice was ahead of her and coming from a thick knot of trees. It was a female voice, and she sounded scared. Maggie crept from tree to tree until she could see her. Kylie was on her knees next to an enormous tree. Her hand and feet were bound in heavy chains, and she was naked, bruised, and bleeding. Her hair was matted with drying blood, and she was whimpering. Maggie watched as she pulled against her bonds and cried. Blood from a cut on her scalp was trickling into her eyes. Someone please, help me. Get out of here. She needs help. It's a trap. Keep moving. Maggie couldn't move. She wanted to run, but she couldn't. Kylie was not like other trainers, and apparently someone had realized it. Get out now. Maggie moved cautiously through the trees. She stopped behind a large boulder. She was behind Kylie and hidden from view. Get out. That's a command. 
Get out, now. Her foot snapped a twig and it exploded like a gunshot in the silent woods. Kylie's head snapped up and turned toward the sound. Her chain scraped against the bark of the tree. Hello? Please, whoever you are, help me, please. Get out. Maggie shook her head and took a deep breath before stepping into the clearing. Kylie's eyes went wide when she saw her. Then she started laughing. Maggie? You've got to be kidding me. What are you doing here? I was going to ask you the same thing. Can you help me? I'll try. Who did this to you? She approached her slowly. Nothing moved among the trees. Maggie knelt beside her. The chains were padlocked. Kylie let out a wild sound and thrashed against them. They cut deeper into her frail wrists, and fresh blood ran down her arms. Maggie kicked a pile of nearby leaves, and something jingled. She brushed aside a pile of pine needles and found a small silver box. The keys were inside. That was too easy. Other Maggie was right. The box was meant to be found. She stood up and turned in a quick circle. Her eyes scanned the trees for movement. Everything was still. Quiet. Too quiet. Kylie was shaking. Maggie undid the locks and helped her out of the chains. Their eyes met and Kylie's pale face turned a sickly shade of green. She was terrified. He's going to kill me. Maggie didn't ask who. She knew the answer. The forest came alive with the sound of heavy footsteps. Maggie and Kylie didn't have time to flee. There was nowhere to hide anyway. Goons surrounded them in seconds. They came from every direction and descended on them from the treetops. Black-gloved hands grabbed them roughly and pinned them to the ground. A heavy black boot pressed down on Maggie's neck. A murmur ran through the crowd, and the black boots parted. Maggie could see the sparkling white sneakers and tan ankles, and she knew it was all over. Let em up, boys. I want to take a good look at my lovely little lawbreakers. The pressure on Maggie's neck disappeared. Kylie was sobbing loudly as the goons dragged her to her feet. Searing pain shot through Maggie's side as the nearest boot delivered a swift kick to her ribcage. Mr. Pratt's spotless shoes moved closer. He leaned down to look at her. She could smell his pungent aroma. His breath was hot on her cheek. Get up, my dear. I want to see your face. He grabbed her hair and yanked her to her feet. Maggie stifled a scream. If this was the end, she would not give him the satisfaction. Mr. Pratt slammed her against a boulder and she felt her shoulder pop. He put his hand to her throat and held her against the cold, unforgiving stone. You almost made it, my dear. I'm very impressed. I always knew you were special. Intelligent. Not that it helped you. You lack something much more important. Common sense. His hand was gripping her throat tightly, and she struggled to take in air. Bright spots danced in front of her eyes. Maggie willed herself not to pass out. I have no patience for intelligent people. Intelligent people are weak. He laughed, and the goons joined in. He silenced them with one quick motion of his free hand. Now, if you had followed your program, if you had done what I told you to do, you would be strong. I wouldn't be able to hold you here. 
Now you are special, my dear. You're stronger than most. My trainers have borne the brunt of your special powers. But you disappoint me, Maggie. You're not living up to your full potential. Think of what you could do if you just followed the plan. Maggie couldn't think of anything. Her lungs burned and her eyes ached. The muscles of her throat spasmed. Mr. Pratt's red face was a blur. Do it. Maggie's hand shot out to her side. Mr. Pratt snapped his fingers. A large goon tossed something to him. It was a silver and blue blur. He snapped it around her neck and the feeling left her body. Her arm dropped to her side. He released his grip and she crumpled to the ground. Her body convulsed as she gasped for air. Mr. Pratt waited. Slowly, the shuddering stopped. She could breathe normally, though painfully. She sat up. Her throat hurt. The pain was dulled slightly by the warmth of the glowing metal around her neck. She tried to touch it, and a shot of electricity ran through her arm. Other than a few quiet murmurs from the crowd of goons, the forest had gone silent. Maggie could hear her own heartbeat. And there was something else. A quiet beeping. It was so subtle she wasn't sure it was real. Mr. Pratt laughed loudly. The forest came to life. There were birds out here beyond the city limits. Several small brown birds flew away in a panic. Maggie wished she could join them. She was so very tired. Her head felt impossibly heavy. Her chin dropped to her chest. She fought her eyelids, but exhaustion won. They closed. She was falling. A hand steadied her and lowered her to the ground. Leaves scratched her cheek. People moved around her. Their voices were nothing but low murmurs. Rough hands grabbed her arms and legs. Her weight pulled at her joints as they hoisted her onto something flat and cold. They were taking her somewhere. She tried desperately to open her eyes, but she couldn't move. They were moving downhill, away from the wall, back to the super gym. Defeat washed over Maggie. Mr. Pratt had won. She didn't have any more fight left in her. She would not try to escape again. She would follow the plan. She would survive. She could feel cool tears running down her cheeks and pooling by her ears. It was over. Maggie gave up. And that is the end of chapter 20. I hope you're enjoying Super Gym Book Lovers. I will be back next week with another chapter. Until then, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep reading. <laughs>